Okay, um, hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Base Criticals, the podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm John, I'm joined by Christy. Hi, And Brandon. Ayo! And Gabe. Damn, where's my Pokemon? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, 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 give uh, me a second. Uh, 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 hey, Charmander! In a great and, ball hoodie. Um, in a hoodie? That's awesome! Yeah. This might be um, a little sporadic podcast. You might see some of us coming in and out. A lot of things are happening. And there's like a tropical storm watch and like yeah, life. There's that too. Um, so if I go out, it's probably because uh, the wind the wind just knocked over all my stuff. And if the um, stream stops, then you know it's my power that went out. Because I'm streaming this thing. <laughs> yeah, but we're going we're gonna to hopefully power through as much as we can. Um, so yeah, you might see some of us or hear some of us drop in and out. We'll just let you know. Um... It is what it is. Anywho, let's jump right into gaming because we got a lot to discuss since we weren't here last week um, and very little time. Starting with the Nintendo Switch users, I think we've talked about this before, but I do want to talk about it again. They've released another statistic showing that the age distribution of annual playing users, the average is um, between the highest number is uh, between 20 and 25. However, the average um, for the highest is between 20 and around. 30, 33, 35 years old. So that is the core audience age for the Switch. Um, surprising, interesting. You already figured it. How do you guys feel about those numbers? I mean, that sounds kind about, of assumed it. Yeah, that kind of sounds about right, given the uh, how long Nintendo's been around, the demographic of people that are playing games. Yeah, it just sounds about right. Also, Grayson in the chat. What's up? Hey, if Grayson. You have, like, um, if you have an audience that's between 20 and 30, do you guys think that they cater to that audience properly or not? I mean, Nintendo at its core is, you know, they develop games for all ages, even though their target demographics is like children. Yeah. But do you well, think they cater to their target? Sorry. Do you think they cater to their most popular audience is the question. I am just happy that there's a Pokemon game coming out next week, so I don't know what you're talking about. Christy refuses to answer the question. Refuses to elaborate. Answer the question. That's fine. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll give a answer. I don't know if it's the best answer, but I'll give one. <laughs> so, you know, to answer your question of whether it's Kenrius's demographic, if we're talking uh, between 20 and 35, specific, uh, especially if we're going into like the later part of that, like closer to the 30 age. You know, a lot of the people in that demographic probably have kids of their own, and they'll probably want to play games with said kids in a lot of the family games that they have. Like, I don't know, your Mario Party. the age of 20 and 30, you have to have children? And I'm saying possibly. I'm not <sighs> saying you got to, but like, you know. But no, if you if you, if you you do have kids, to clarify, then yeah, you'll probably want to play said, said games with your kids. Like, I don't know, your Mario Parties, some... Uh, Animal Crossing, stuff of that nature. I can see Jarrell. He's like, I'm, I I'm tearing up. Anybody can elaborate <laughs> at the, at the thought of this. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Between that age range, Brandon's like, yeah, you're using your kids and you're playing the Mario games with your kids. And I'm just like, oh my God, children at my age? I can't even feed myself. <laughs> like, what is going on? Aren't you happy with I gift I gave to you now? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I was going to bring it out tonight, but I'm going to wait until uh, next week when it's, I feel like, more prevalent. I'm sorry, Brandon. Were you done? I, I didn't I'm, mean to cut I'm, you off. I'm kind of done. <laughs> like, oh I said, like I said, it was a answer, just not the best answer. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was a valid answer. Uh, yeah. Cape, do you have anything to add to this? <laughs> I disagree apart. that they cater to their target audience. Because like you said, it's between ages 20 and 
30, what, 2, 33? Mm -hmm. um, Drell is a prime example of that. Drell always complains about Nintendo Switch games and their graphics. And I feel like if that's your audience, you should work on the graphics. But in terms of, like, story-wise, and I don't want to say game content because Animal Crossing is another, like, I'm not going to say red flag, but it was like a, like a whole thing. Like, you know, a lot of our guys, our guys, a lot of people our age, like, bought it. Especially for the, what just finished happening? Uh, the pandemic. So it was like, and they all of a sudden shut the game down. So it's like, but I think story-wise, when it comes to, like, their bigger games, maybe they cater, but, I don't know, it's a so that means Zelda, a of, That means Zelda's not catered towards Gabe. Got it. Wrong. Because I said, like, Jarrell. I was fine with Breath of the Wild. Hold on, I was fine with the Breath of the Wild graphics until Jarrell brought it up. <laughs> now every time I play the game, I'm like, this could have looked so much better. But Jarrell ruined it for me because now I'm paying attention to the graphics. But I will say, Tears of the Kingdom, and Brandon and I talked about this. Tears of the Kingdom does look, I guess, like the Switch game because the problem. Mm -hmm. with, I'm not even gonna go into what the problem with the Breath of the Wild was. But yeah, that was my answer. Yeah. Is yeah. Window open. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. Um. I think. Uh. I don't. I don't know what I think. That's why I asked y'all. Um. There is. <laughs> There's a new VR hits. Okay. Well. I guess I'll say. I. I also don't think that they're really catering to that. I feel like Nintendo is pretty much catering to that younger audience. But I guess you have to so that you can you know progress with them. But you know individual companies and individual developers within Nintendo are kind of doing it. There was a new story, and the reason I brought this up is because there was also another new story that I was going to bring up. Um, which I'm not even going to look for right now because we're low on time, but it was that th it was a statement that now apparently Nintendo no longer allows, um, boobs Boobies. on their, um, uh, breasts on their, uh, I shouldn't say boobs, I should say breasts. They don't allow nude breasts on the eShop anymore. So that has definitely, um, changed some of the, the submissions for, uh, games in um the switch and uh i'm assuming that 20 to 35 year old people like boobs um i don't know i'm not in that age range um so i wouldn't okay. know he's over it just ah! so okay. you're saying you're over the age range Gerald? I, I i'm in there i i will be 36 <laughs> at the end of next month the beginning of next month. I don't know my birthday. So there's a VR headset that apparently can kill you if you die in a in a game, and it was inspired by the Sword Online Sword Art Online anime. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. Hard pass. Nerve gear. Let's go. It's Hard it's pass. a very strange story. If you die I, in a game, you die in real life. If you wear I the gotta, headset, the Oculus to, founder Palmer Lucky created in <laughs> honor of Sword Art Online. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. <laughs> There's this Twitter account that's called Sword Art Online IRL, and it's just like literally live tweeting like this, like this. Because okay, for context, for those who haven't watched Sword Art Online, um, when that came out in like I want to say 2014, 2015, the events of that anime took place in 2022. So it was like meant to be like the near future. You know, the idea was that hey, by that point we'll have virtual reality games that'll let you actually go into the game essentially. But now, of course, we're in 2022. We don't have that shit. But now, the Twitter is still posting as if the game was actually coming out on the same day that it was on there. So, the Twitter, you see the Twitter posting stuff like, as a, a record, 100,000 players have not been able to log in. If you have a nerve gear, please do not turn it on. Just like, go, doing like actual, like, that's just something that was actually happening, which I thought was just hilarious. But, um, 
And now you're telling me that there's someone who's making this deaf nerve gear. If you die in the game, you die in real life. Yeah, they're really just trying to make Sword Art Online real. And I think it's hilarious. Brandon, it's not just someone. I was That's what I was just saying. It's literally the Oculus founder who made this. I'm saying, this. that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, it's not just a random person. <laughs> yeah, Oculus... <laughs> The Oculus founder is, is is secretly named Akihiko Kayaba. Again, that is for the Sword Art fans. There was also... Hard pass. <laughs> I mean, like... That should be illegal. How did you even make... That's, what, yeah. that's where I was going with this. Like, how is this even a thing that you can just make? Like, that, that doesn't seem... It seems like it should be illegal somehow. Oh, um, I, I forgot the, the details, but basically it, like... There's the, like the it has these things attached to it that explode. Yeah, there's the, the three little, like, prongs that stick out. Yeah, but they explode, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's how they kill you. I thought the story was fake, and then I read it, and I was like, um, someone should check on that man's mental health. Because uh, why is you doing right? this? <laughs> uh, also from Kelly, who's still not here, um, there was uh, some modders made a, uh, an upcoming Final Fantasy XIV VR mod. Um, it supports first and third person motion controls and more. Um, shout out to Kelly, who's still on FF14. I should be there, and yet here I am. I'm sorry. Friends playing talking about video games as i this is where i would i would like to be um playstation is the gaming industry's leader microsoft says as eu opens new investigations into the activision blizzard deal we've talked about this a little bit but here we go with the back and forth playstation is once again uh sorry microsoft is once again just being like we suck playstation's the leader uh you should let us have this because it'll be fine um any any new opinions on this one not really. I'm just enjoying the tennis match that's going on right now. That's what um, this is. Too. So, <clears throat> after we've already had the concerns about Call of Duty uh, becoming an Xbox exclusive, which have been unfounded, this is from GameSpot.com, quote, the commission's preliminary investigation shows that the transaction may significantly reduce competition on the markets for the distribution of console and PC video games, including multi-game subscription services and or cloud game streaming services and for PC operating systems. Um, specifically, the commission said it was its concern that should Microsoft be allowed to buy Activision Blizzard, the company could foreclose access to Activision Blizzard's console and PC games, including Call of Duty. In this case, foreclose refers to make something exclusive. Um, so that's what they're saying. They're still just like, mm, these are really big games. You shouldn't be able to make them exclusive. Microsoft would have the ability to do that. We don't want them to do it. Um, uh, crap. Another just wonderful shouting match. <laughs> yeah. Over there, um, who, man, I don't know if I should go like, oh, what's today? Today is, today is, the uh, nice. November 9th, the release yes. of God of War Ragnarok. Hey, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. You finished uh, the first one. You haven't finished it? I haven't which, finished Which I first one, finish. Christy? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's several first ones in that series. <laughs> there are some. I haven't there's, finished there's any of them. There's an actual God of War one and the God of War 2017. So funny I enough, um, there's, uh, I was watching a streamer, like, he was, he was, uh, I guess, binging the game. Like, he beat God of War, the first one, in five days for today. And as soon as he turned it on and it gave him the screen, it says right at the top, God of War recap. So he was like, I really just rushed through this game for no reason. <laughs> yeah, they did add a recap, but like, why is that a it's, problem? It's, the, it's not really a problem. It's like the experience of, it's like, I don't know, some people might feel like they're obligated to play through the, ooh, there's a bug there, through the game now, <laughs> but sorry. There's this little fly trying to get at my face. Um, ooh! <laughs> like, some, people, 
that's I mean that's that's better than my other reaction to when I see a bug, which is a very high pitched scream. Um, I decided. Never mind. It's a wiglet joke. Go ahead. Okay, I don't even want to talk anymore. <laughs> I'm not gonna make it. I said never mind. I'm not gonna make the joke. Um, no, but it's you know it's just like it has up for people who think they have to you know play through or burden themselves through playing through the first God of War. If you want to do that, you can just watch the recap. First God of War come out. Twenty seven. 18, 2018. 2018. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's good for people like Jarrell who take forever to beat a game. So, I feel called out. Uh, Christy, too. I, I, but you know what? I, I, give, I give Christy a pass every now and then because she's beaten Breath of the Wild. Tears of the I Kingdom, is, Tears of the kingdom is not going to have a recap. So, get to That's it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> the problem is. And I then watch as Tears of the Kingdom has a recap. No, I hope it does. Oh my that, god! So. You know, you know what? You know what'd be hilarious if Tears of the Kingdom has a recap, but you have to find it in the overworlds, bruh, bruh. I don't like looking for small details like that anymore. You mean like what you have to do to get the story of the Breath of the Wild game? That's why I said I'll cry. Mm. Uh, so this is from Jameson Price to all the many fans of Bleach. I have loved being a part of the Bleach universe and voice acting. Chad, it was a difficult decision to say no to coming back. Or TYBW, but I no longer audition for roles of people of color. Representation matters and access matters. Um, yeah, so this guy's been playing Chad in Bleach for quite a while. He also went on to say, I've had access to a very wide variety of roles in my career. Actors use their imaginations and their experience to breathe life into the characters we portray. We get to walk in someone else's skin for a time. We practice empathy, we feel, and we learn. Access to opportunity in anime has not been equal, but that has changed. Uh, by stepping aside now, I open the door of access and give opportunity to an actor who can represent Yasutora Sato with the same love and pride and imagination, but with more life experience than I have. Thank you for all the love and support you've shown me over the years. Please welcome Elaine Mesa to the role of Chad. He's going. He's got some big shoes to fill. Do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Maya Angelou. Hashtag Bleach Anime. Uh, so yeah, the very long time uh, Bleach Anime voice actor Chad chose not to reprise his role to be able to give the role up to someone else, specifically a person of color um and there were lots of people that were giving him um praise and thanks for this decision so i wanted to shout him out mm -hmm. for yeah. that because that's pretty awesome mm -hmm. yeah no i like all i'll say is that is like it is very cool um i won't i'm not gonna pretend like i won't miss him as chad because i he did he did a great job as that character but i do uh, respect his decision to stand to uh, take a step back so that you know a person of color can bring their experience to the character of Chad who who is a very you know he 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 um obviously he's a very different character than many of the other characters of bleach for those who have actually watched it he has a hispanic background compared to all the other characters so he brings a different um of course, level of culture to his character than others in in the in the cast of Bleach. So having that background, I think, will be will be very helpful. But more importantly than all that nonsense is the fact that that I think, like he said, giving more opportunities out there, I think, is an important stepping stone for a lot of the actors going forward. Maybe one day we'll get to a point where there'll be enough opportunity that you know any character can represent anybody. But like in this case, I think it's important that we have that. Uh, authenticity to the roles that we get that we see bleach was my first real anime oh that's awesome which was the first anime huh what 
What'd you say? It was really good. I literally was up one day and it was on like, what's that? What's that? Adult Swim? No, what's that? It was the guy. At the time it was Adult yeah, Swim, but now, but now it's on Toonami, yeah. Or, Toonami. Or, or it was. Yeah, it was Toonami. I, was I think Toonami. it was Toonami, and I, I was like, I, it was on really late, and I was watching, and I was like, holy shit, like, this cartoon's amazing, what the fuck is this? And so I went to my friend, and I was like, oh my god, you have to watch the show. And she was like, when I was like, describing it to her, she was like, are you talking about Bleach? And I was like, is that what it's called? Because it's fucking great. And then I started watching Bleach. Yeah, Bleach Yay! That's why I ended up watching Sailor Moon. Late oh. Toonami. Fair. I didn't know oh, I was watching anime. I didn't either. And this was me in college, so. Oh my gosh, I was just so kidding. Sick. It was before I was. It was before. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Bruno Velasquez, the director of animation for God of War Ragnarok, stated that the game did not fully exploit the capabilities of the PS5. Was one of the studio's goals for designing the game was to achieve the best possible experience for the PS4. My question for y'all: We are what two years into the PS5 life cycle? Uh, yes, we are two years now. Um, and we were discussing previously Breath of the Wild and, um, its capabilities being hindered because it was also for the Wii U. How long are we going to have to hold back these games, do you think? I know, you know, a, a couple of upcoming games like Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake are not doing it. They said, fuck it. But, like, how long are we going to have to, um, hold back development on certain games? Uh, before we move forward so that developers can fully cap cap full use the full capabilities of these very expensive next-gen consoles. I mean, they did say that they were going to be releasing games on both systems, and to me, it's not a problem. Like, I, again, I've already seen gameplay of God of War, and it looks, it looks pretty fucking good on a PS5. But, like, I don't know. I feel like as long as they can keep releasing both PS4 and PS5, I think they should. I mean, Unless, okay, unless it's something again, like you know, sorry to bring it back up, but Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, where it looked absolute dog. Well, actually, it didn't look like anything. You couldn't run the game on a PS four, <laughs> all the ones, but it ran. You know, it ran decent on a PS five, and it ran completely fine on a uh, on a PC. Um, I think in those situations, and yeah, like if the team can't get it to look remotely good on PS four and PS five, then you would focus on PS five. But if there's always the option, I feel like you know, choose the option. Does I love it? it when no one talks after me. I know. <laughs> no, I, I, I was going to say something as well. Um, I'm going to offer a counterpoint point to that, actually. So on, on paper, I agree with everything what Gabe is saying, that like if you can, you should. However, I think what the whole original point was of like, uh, you know, the, the developer mentioned, or the art designer you said, mentioned that they intended for this game to run as good as possible on PS4. So if that was always their intention, then it's exactly what Gabe said, then having the option to either play it on the PlayStation 4 or the, quote, next generation console, which is actually current generation, but anyway, is uh, is, is, is fine. But at some point, like, uh, mentioned what, like, Final Fantasy, both Final Fantasy games, 16 and Rebirth, are being made for PlayStation 5. If they feel that it's not going to run on the old system, then don't do it. But I... I've saw I have seen a bunch of uh, Ragnarok reviews. They're all very glowing, but I've seen one common complaint between pretty much all the reviews, and that was like the fact that this game has to be on PS4 essentially. So the one the most the most specific one that I heard thus far was it had to have like this PS4 ism in it. So a lot of the third party um, PS4 games have to have like what they call disguise loading times. So 
hey, there's yeah. a door with this ice. We have to break the ice, and while you're breaking the ice, basically the next area is loading. Or in The Last of Us, hey, we Joel, give me a boost. Raise him up, and while they're being boosted, essentially the next area is loading. Stuff like that. So there are stuff like that in Ragnarok because it was made for PlayStation 4. Then you look at a game that came out last year with the Ratchet and Click Rift Apart, where you open a portal and there's a whole new world that just instantly loaded without having to do any of that. So I think that's kind of where people are coming from when they make the complaint that they're being held, held back by uh, previous hardware. Because the games can still look incredible, even if it's for a previous generation system. But I think we're getting to the point where as more people do get the next uh, generation systems, they're going to want less of those, um, you know, those... Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? My mind is like blank today. But basically, they they want they don't have to make as much, uh, you know. Yeah, I can't think of the word. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> like I, I hate I hate it when my brain just dies. It's like it is literally the worst feeling in the in in the world. Uh, but anyway, hold on. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I really thought you were done, Brenda. Please. <laughs> Well, no, that's 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 really all I was gonna say is like the fact that they had they um they don't want to uh they want to make it for the next generation and to answer the earlier question that you had posed about how much longer I think we're gonna have this for, um, this is maybe a wild guess but I think this may be the last year that we may have like these big ones. I think going into twenty twenty three it's going to become less common. I really do think that the new Final Fantasy games are going to kind of like uh, be the heralds, the fact that next generation is going to be prioritized more as the systems are now becoming more readily available. But now I'm done. I'm I think sorry. that's usually the thing, is that whenever a new Final Fantasy title launches, like a new mainline Final Fantasy title launches, it's like the herald of a new thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. even, you know, that um, Crisis Core won't be it. So it'll be like 16, which means we can go into our next part, right, Jarrell? Yeah. That's where we're going. <laughs> Prepare to hear me be upset um, for the next 10 minutes. Um, no, I'm not going to be upset. I've, I'm over being mad. Um, there was an exclusive brand new interview on IGN where they talked to Final Fantasy uh, 16's development team about everything from its persistent Game of Thrones references to representation for people of color in its world. You can find the whole interview at IGN. I will shout out a portion of the interview where IGN asked specifically, quote, in regards to diversity in the game, can we expect to see black characters in Final Fantasy XVI or people of color, non-white characters in general? Uh, to clarify a bit more, there's been discussion around the trailers to date featuring mostly white characters, and I wanted to get clarity on whether we can expect the final game to be more diverse. Before I go on to read um, the response by Naoki Yoshida, um, we've seen quite a bit of Final Fantasy XVI now, and, and um, I believe there are five countries. Yeah, there's, there's five wrong. kingdoms, I believe. Yeah, uh, there's five kingdoms, and they announced that we won't be traveling to all five. And um, we've seen that it looks as if each kingdom has a dominant. Also correct? Yes, except for one kingdom, which has two, potentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've also seen images or video of those uh, kingdoms, and they are all very different in uh, phenotype. I don't think that's the right word. Um, they all are very different. Um, you know, one's a snow area, one's a desert. Uh, they have different Their climate. Environment? Um, yes, thank you. They have very, very different environments. Environment. 
Yes, thank you, Christy. I, I feel I understand your struggle, Brandon. Um, uh, we all share one brain cell for today. I feel like we are, <laughs> and you have it right now. <laughs> like, I don't want it. Just give it back to Jarrell, please. Give it back to Jarrell. I don't want it. Oh my gosh, Jarrell! Oh my okay. god. Girl, so. don't die. Um. Anyway, so we've seen the five different kingdoms, and uh, they're very five different, uh, five very different uh, environments. Anyway, now Yoshida's uh, response as the producer of the game said, "This is a difficult quote. This is a difficult question, but not one that was unexpected, seeing as diversity in entertainment media has become a much discussed topic as of late. The answer I have, however, may end up being disappointing to some, depending on individual expectations." Our design concept from the earliest stages of development has always heavily featured medieval Europe, incorporating historical, cultural, political, and anthropological standards that were prevalent at the time. <clears throat> Woo. When deciding on a setting that was best suited to the story we wanted to tell, the story of a land beset by the blight, we felt that rather than create something on a global scale, it was necessary to limit the scope, uh, limit the scope to a single landmass. One geographically and culturally isolated from the rest of the world in an age without airplanes, televisions, or telephones. Um, do you guys follow so far? Yes. Mm-hmm. Alright, um, I was going to summarize it, but we got it. Uh, due to the underlying geographical, technological, and geopolitical constraints of the setting, Valistia uh, was never going to realistically be as diverse as, say, a modern-day Earth, or even Final Fantasy XIV that has an entire planet and moon worth of nations, races, and cultures at its disposal. (sighs) This goes on because, like, it couldn't just be a single paragraph just saying, no, there aren't any black people. Um... (laughs) Ultimately, we felt that while incorporating ethnic diversity into uh, Valistia was important, an over-incorporation into the single corner of a much larger world could end up causing a violation of those narrative boundaries we originally set out for ourselves. I'm gonna read that again. We felt that while incorporating ethnic diversity into Valistia was important, an over-incorporation into the single corner of a much larger world could end up causing a violation of those narrative boundaries we originally set for ourselves. The story we are telling is fantasy, yes, but it is also rooted in reality. Conversely, the Final Fantasy series of games have always inherently dealt with conflict and struggle, especially between the empowered and those used and or exploited by those privileged few, a prominent trend in human history. Because we're not done. In a game that, by design, allows it, uh, players to experience that conflict and struggle firsthand through dynamic, realistic battles, it can be challenging to assign distinctive ethnicities to either antagonist or protagonist without triggering audience preconceptions, inviting unwarranted speculation, and ultimately stoking flames of controversy. The best part of pulling inspiration directly from history, however, is that uh, it allows us to revisit and re-examine our own past while also allowing us to create something new. In the end, we simply want the focus to be less on the outward appearance of our characters and more on who they are as people. Guys, don't worry about what they look like. Worry about who they are as people. People who are complex and diverse in their natures, backgrounds, beliefs, personalities, and motivations. People whose stories we can resonate with. There is diversity in Valistia, diversity that, while not all-encompassing, is synergistic with the setting we've created and is true to the inspirations from which we are drawing. I'm I'm calling it right now. There's going to be some black guy, and he's going to suck. And I'm going to be mad. 
and then I'm gonna be like, this is the reputation, this is the representation you get. He's gonna, never mind. So, I was going to break down this lovely paragraph and just mention all the stupidness in it, but I decided that I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna let you guys give your opinions on this, um, because I just was very, very upset when I read it. I, this really just dashed all excitement that I had for Final Fantasy 16. It's like kind of low on my list now. Um, these are really fragrantly ridiculous excuses um, to say that you don't want to put black people in your game because you don't want to over incorporate this one area with too many colored people because it would ruin the story. Um, or excuse me over-incorporate them into the single corner of a much larger world because that could cause a violation of the narrative boundaries that you set out for. What does that mean? It just sounds like you don't want to put a bunch of colored people in a single area because your narrative just doesn't agree with that. Why would your narrative not agree with that? I don't understand. Maybe you guys can explain it to me. I don't know what's going on if Makes me wonder if the societal issues that Japan is dealing with and other East Asian countries are dealing with is kind of leaking into, you know, game development, which is kind of worrying. But, oh, Jarell. Say, you know. Uh, I, I couldn't hear you for a moment. Oh, no, 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 no. You're fine. I'm just going to say that uh, Pokemon and uh, the Pokemon company would like to just tell you, uh, tell Square Enix, I'm sorry, not Square Enix, tell, tell Naoki Yoshida that he's doing a bad job. They're well, also a also... development company. Also, we also have the developers of Harvestella, who came out right after this and tweeted about how their game is actually diverse. And they're also a Japanese company, also being uh, published by Square Enix, and black. they give you characters that are black and non-binary. And they talk about how just how diverse they are. So I don't believe in the excuse of... And, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you, Christy, because 100%, that could be exactly what it is. You are not wrong here at all. Um, in which you're, you're, you're saying that, you know, the society and xenophobia, etc. is uh, prevailing in what he's creating, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have in Japan and like many other East Asian countries, there's a lot of xenophobia r running rampant and then and whatnot, along with colorism. So, I mean, with with Japan being a conservative country, and I think there's, I think it is a conservative party running it. Um, I wasn't really surprised with, you know, hearing that. I was like, well, it was going to be tough that, you know, someone would show their true colors. Yeah. I, I don't follow Naoki Yoshida's work that often. So for, I think Jerome and I, we were discussing and I was like, well, you know, that square does have an issue with colorism for the longest time where I think for some, they noticed it with Kingdom Hearts where Sora, his skin did get lighter with each installment of the game. And it wasn't until I think um, the teaser for four, he kind of has tan skin again. Yeah, I just want to, and this is also something that we talked about, I want to mm -hmm. be very clear that um, when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about the developers, not Square Enix as a publisher. 
because I still think that Square has done an okay job. I'm not saying they're great, but I think they have done an okay job with uh, touting diversity, including the example that I just gave of them publishing Harvestella and then tweeting about how diverse Harvestella is. Uh, we also have what Luminous Productions that's working on for Spoken, or, uh, which is also a Japanese developer, uh, 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 the, which is being published by Square Enix, having a black woman um, as their protagonist. <laughs> So I don't want to say that I don't want to say Square Enix is the problem. Um, so, so with those titles, they're not as I mean, yes, they do get a lot of marketing, but compared to Final Fantasy, which is you know one of Square's bread and butter, as you can say, like hearing all this it and knowing Square's past with how game development has been internally it does make me wonder if it was something that it wasn't Yoshida's call so it becomes a clear line where I don't know enough about him as a developer or a producer but I know enough about Square that I'm like "Mm, it they could both be at fault anyone else on the on the subject, I just want to say I just want to say real quick that while while you were introducing the topic initially, initially that word that I was looking for finally came back to my head. The word I was looking for was concessions. So they you were making con- about this the entire time. It was bothering me, man. It was really bothering me. It's just one word, but it was not coming to my head. Like no, it was like they made concessions so they could wear on the PS4. That's all I was trying to say. All right, there we go. Now back to, now back to the main topic. Um, no, this was a very disappointing thing to hear about and read um, for the first time I saw it because Jerome and I had talked about this actually before the podcast, and I just want to bring it up here as well for the listeners that um, it's something that I've seen a lot in these kind of games, not just necessarily Final Fantasy sixteen, but a lot of games that are made uh, in Japan uh, for a lot of the reasons that Christy had said. It's just simply that you don't see a lot of the diversity in these kind of games because unfortunately Japan itself isn't as a diverse country. And so it doesn't seem to be as prioritized over there. They don't like to be touted as a diverse country, even though they have biracial people Correct. Yeah. living in Japan, which is kind of frustrating for them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for all those reasons, it's something that you see very often and seeing this in final fantasy 16 before this interview came out to be clear, uh, we just saw the trailer 16. I just kind of, in my mind defaulted to okay so it's just going to be like all these other games in terms of the lack of diversity in that case so uh, kudos to the question actually being asked directly about it and now everything that i've heard um as as disappointing as it is to hear it's 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 a lot of words like you said drews a lot of words to say that you're not going to have black people in the game and unfortunately it's just basically a lot of words to confirm something that i already you know he was very direct about all this, which is also the unfortunate thing. Like, that's if that's the if that's the one silver line of this, uh, he was at least he was honest about the whole thing. But I don't. Even, but no, I can't even say that because it didn't even feel very honest. Like again, it was a lot of words to say the to say one thing essentially, and it just doesn't. It it's false on two points because one, it's not that is history. It's not that accurate to history when you really. It's not. It, it's not at all. It isn't because again, high yeah. Exactly. You, I don't need to say more about that. And then again, it is still a fantasy story at the end of the day. So even if even if it's you know, it's you still should do it. Is basically what I'm tra- getting at with this. 
I don't want to use as many words as he did to like get to beat the point across. It's just like there's really no excuse for them to not have the diversity. And it, it, it stings just a little more saying this thing that I kind of knew in the back of my head just kind of like laid out in this paragraph or paragraphs, I should say. I love I the fact don't. that... Oh, go ahead, Drell. Mm-mm. Oh, I was about to say, I love the fact that this came out right after Square was like, oh, yeah, well, console gaming is dead in Japan, so we're now going towards a more global Ooh. market. Oh. And you're like, huh. Oh, huh. okay. And Hold it on. also came yeah. off after Capcom. They're like, yeah, we hired consultants to make sure that, you know, we didn't do any injustice to Kimberly when designing her oh, and creating her. That what? Japanese company, Capcom, yeah. right? Yeah, also produced things in Japan. Wow. And, and they've wow. been making video games and, and they've been very inclusive with fighters. Uh, the biggest issue I have with people discussing this this conversation is when people try to put it off on on Square. And not you specifically, Christy, but like I don't like that. Because as the game's producer, you fight for what's in your video game. And sure, Square is the publisher. Sure, they're going to put money behind it. No one is going to tell this man no. He is the guy who is making the money for Square Enix right now through Final Fantasy XIV. He is the one who revamped that game. The only reason they are not as negative as they are currently is because of him. So if he says that this is going to make my game good, Square Enix 100% says, okay, we need a good game coming from uh, the West currently out on PlayStation. Like, we need it based on just the market as is like that that's not that's not even something they have to cons like this was not a thing where he has to be concerned about putting a, a black character in the game one two if he has black characters in the game like anywhere in the game that's also not something he's gonna have to consult square enix for as like a publisher on the title we've also seen and i've talked about how excited I was about Final Fantasy VII Remake and how diverse that game was, which is also from Square Enix, also from uh, Japanese producers. This was a conscious decision. And another reason I know it was a conscious decision is because of the excuses. You literally gave all these excuses about historical accuracy and it's rooted in reality, but you didn't even do the research to properly show off what you're talking about. So the, all of this is just bullshit excuses for a guy who decided to not have diversity in his game. And instead of just saying, you know what? I wasn't thinking about it. It wasn't something that I like had on my mind. I just didn't put any POC <laughs> in the game, which I would have been like, bro, that's fine. You weren't thinking about it. Not an issue. Instead, he decided to reinforce, um, reinforce uh, ideals that exclude people like me from being in video games like this. Like, that's all he did. He, he literally was like, oh, they weren't there. I'm trying to be historically accurate. I can't have them there. I also don't want to put too many of them in one area because it's going to mess up my narrative. But I knew that you guys were going to ask me about this because I know that that's what the gaming industry is talking about right now. But I just decided that it wasn't important enough for me to do because it's not a part of the story I want to tell. But also, don't worry about the color of people. Think of them as characters. But you didn't even do that. Because if you really believe that, you could have made your game diverse and you could have put people in your game and not worried about the color of their skin, but made them as characters uh, and, and let us decide how they were and what they represented based on their character in the game. Which is exactly what you want us to do because that's what you're asking us to do to the characters that are already in the game. So all of this, I, I think that it should be, he should be faulted for this because at the end of the day, as the producer of this title, He's the one who's making these decisions, not solely himself, of course, uh, but 
Square Enix is publishing games. And, and I, I also do agree with you, Christy. I actually, I, I do agree with you that, yes, Final Fantasy 16 is not on the same level as something as Harvestella. It's not on the same level as something as, as Forspoken, right? It, it is not, like, it's not that. Which, However, it is always a industry-leading video game. Which Whatever. also leads me to the question. It's like, how while he was presenting his project to Square, how come none of them asked? Are you going to be including black people? Like well, I don't understand. Oh. And that's another thing too, right? Like he is—he is an international businessman. Period. You've interacted with all types of people constantly, so you know this. You've seen—you've seen Final Fantasy VII remake. You've seen what that world looks like. Um, I don't think it's on, and I don't think it's on the publisher to ask you if you have black people in your game. Like, uh, sure, uh, Square Enix, uh, US, maybe someone over there, like, while well, they're apparently. having conversations about publishing, maybe somebody thought about it, but I'm not, if I'm working at Square Enix US, I'm not gonna ask Naoki Yoshida if he has black people in his game. I'm well, not apparently, gonna, I'm like, Square Enix US and Japan don't even talk to each other with marketing. I, I don't think it's, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm giving an out to Square Enix, but I don't feel like they're the problem here. I feel like he's the problem here, and he explains why he's the problem here, so I'm going to let him be the problem. He literally says, like, he says why he's the problem. I'm sorry. I said I wasn't even going to do this. You see, I need my tea. I said I wasn't going to do this. I wasn't going to get hyped. I'm very upset. I was so looking forward to it. I was so, it, you don't have to apologize. You didn't do shit. I was so looking forward to this game. Like I knew that this was going to be on the top of my list and it just just plummeted. Gabe, do you have any thoughts? I just think it's funny when you call a game Final Fantasy and try and use historical accuracy as a crutch. We're fucking kaiju no battles. Bitch, like I saw somebody explode into a fucking like huge rock type thing. are in this game, quick. But you, you know. have a Koopo, there's a Moogle and whatnot. So, so. Yeah, so I want to I want to bring this up real quick. Two th two quick things. One, Drew, what you were talking about is like, <laughs> yeah, no, like what you were saying exactly what you were saying. Um, you knew this question was coming, and the and it's and it's on and it's honestly. Now, when I really think about it, it's even more depressing that he had like an answer. <laughs> like, yeah, an short answer is a long-winded answer just to say, "Hey, there's no black people." It wasn't. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oh, well, uh, we didn't think about it. Like you said, it was. It was like a rehearsed answer to a problem that you knew you had, and that's depressing. Also, I want to get to something that Christy had mentioned specifically about how consoles are not doing so well in Japan. And how 16, I think, despite being a mainline Final Fantasy game, is going to struggle a little bit in the Japanese market because... It's catered to the West. It's one, yeah, exactly. One is catered to the West, and two, it's going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive, at least for a few months, as far as what we've been hearing lately. Is it exclusive for six months? Exclusive for six months, exactly. So, it was, so there's a lot of people in Japan who still either don't want a PlayStation 5 right now, or can't get one. Well, so, there's also a lot of people, to, to be fair, there's also a lot of people in Japan that have PS5s. Like, don't make yeah. it sound like it's not popular. Oh, no, 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 no. For sure. Sure. Yeah, but it's, also, it's like you have Twitter users who are in Japan, they were trending for the longest time, something about the PS5, no, trending Final Fantasy 16, 
on Twitter because they're like, how are we supposed to get a PS5? If it's a PS5 exclusive, we can't get one. Right. That's what, that's, and, also, and that's the main thing. That's the main point I was making. Like there, there are obviously people in Japan that have PlayStation 5s, but just clearly not, not enough. So where I think. True though. They have sold millions of PS5s in Japan. Like, there's a lot of scalpers in Japan. Japan. It's declining currently. The real problem is that they're going to be increasing the price of the PS5 over there. That's, That's the real issue true. they're going to have. Mm-hmm. But they've sold millions of PS5s in Japan. Like, it, it, and they're going to be easier to get. Like, I, I just feel like this conversation is making it sound like five people in Japan have PS5s and, like, no one else has any, so no one else can play There's the game. There's a lot of people who have also- PS5. Yeah, but that's also not the point really I was making necessarily. Like, uh, like is the fact that ultimately I think 16 is going to do better or should be trying to do better in the West because, again, Western influence, there's a big market for Final Fantasy 16 in the West as well. So having this whole, frankly, debacle about there not being the diversity in the game is a notch that's going to discourage a lot of people from wanting to play this game. Jarrell, you're a huge Final Fantasy fan, and you have just said that this has gone from the top of your list of plummets to, like, really low on your list. Um, ultimately, you might, you may still end up getting the game, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that share your sentiment that their interest in the game has now greatly wavered because they don't feel like they're getting represented, that they're getting slighted, and it's a very fair point. And in the West, where it's so important that 16 does well, the ha- having this as, as a little stain on the record is going to hurt it. And it's just a, it's, it's, I think Pokemon was, it's important. You really think it's going to hurt it after, you know, no, the Bayonetta thing? Well, Bay- well the, Bayonetta, the Bayonetta thing was a different thing because, you know, that's, a, that, that's another thing. So, but uh, historically, I, when has like a debacle like this even hurt? It's Wasn't not. there like a Pokemon Sword and Shield debacle like that last year? Like, no, a couple I, years ago, where they were like, "There's no national Pokedex. How dare they?" I bring up we're getting cancel our pre-orders, and it's like now the one of the best-selling Pokemon games, because, which maybe Violet may top it. Well, Pokemon the, in that in that case was because I think that was just like a vi- vocal minority. But I, going back to Pokemon real quick. I think the reason why that one is so important is because that's a company that realizes the power in its international audience beyond where the developers live, you know. The reason why there is such great diversity in the Pokemon series is because they understand that the world itself is diverse, and that's ultimately... Pokemon Pokemon is a multimedia company that caters to many places around the world, so it would be, quite frankly, foolish to not have representation and diversity in Pokemon when there's so many people of different colors and ethnicities that play that series. I think you started to see a ton more diversity once the new blood started to work at Game Freak. That too, Which yeah. you can see it much more prevalent in Sun and Moon compared to previous generations. Yeah, the minute... So the, so the thing is that it's older generations that's the issue. Really, honestly, the minute the minute that we honestly that's why Gen Five is the best generation. Just confirmed because the first generation that said, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we should go somewhere besides Japan this time." And then you know it just kind of went from there. We got now we have so many awesome. Not saying those places in Japan aren't great. Like I would, if I if and when I ever take a Japan trip, I would love to visit some of the places that uh, Pokemon was based upon. But no, I'm, I love that we're going like around the world now with later generations. Why are y'all talking about Pokemon so intensively? 
because it's, it was related to it was related to the topic. I'm done. Now. It was related to the diversity topic and inclusion, exactly. where Pokemon is do where you know as much as we hate Pokemon and whatnot, and how what? much you know. What? Hold on! Whoa! 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 Hold on! How much Who people hate Pokemon and whatnot? With Why you know the whole... Pokemon here is me. People are triggered now. My goodness. I'm just saying, with as much as as much hate as the Pokemon company gets, you know, they're doing a better job at being with the inclusion and diversity yeah. compared to other Japanese game companies. And you're like, you know, right. good job for you, Pokemon company. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Same. Big same. Wait, Coco is proud of you as well. And this is all coming right before Scarlet Violet is being released. And so far, <laughs> you know, something else is going to happen. <laughs> Um, it's going to cause everybody to be like, we hate P Pokemon now, right? I Am I wrong? I love Pokemon. There are so many people that are like, you know, now I'm going to buy Final Fantasy 16 because I agree with Yoshida. Sure. The, and, and, and to be singled out as a fan of this genre and basically be told that I'm not included in his fantasy world is bullshit. Like, it makes it's me frustrating. It's I feel like shit. like I feel like I'm not I've already I've I've had personal experiences where I have to fight to be a part of a fandom only for the producer to reinforce people's opinions about why I shouldn't be a part of it. And that's why I was so upset about this. It's frustrating, especially when I know Jarrell, he was singing praises about Yoshida for the longest time. I was stupid little bitch. Which off. is the reason why video game creators should never be your idol. And that's why the real problem, which I don't have time to get into now because we've talked about this too long, is the parasocial... No, 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 it's fine. Uh, it's the parasocial relationships that people have with Yoshida, uh, a.k.a. Yoshi P. That's the real issue here, which is why it stinks so much coming from him because we've pedestaled him for saving Final Fantasy XIV and being that, you know, happy uncle, that cool uh, video game producer, and then you find out that this is actually how he feels, and you're slighted, um, and you feel personally hurt, and that's why it's been such an issue, specifically. Um, so, since we're talking about Square Enix, Embracer Group that bought uh, uh, the uh, Square Enix Montreal, they have shut down Onoma, formerly Square Enix Montreal, which announced its new name just three weeks ago um some, some yeah some anoma staff will move to um ados montreal ados canceled an un unannounced game and ados is working with xbox on games like fable um and of course uh they were doing uh, the tomb raider series as well mm -hmm. um, so we'll see what happens there because they shut down anoma um uh, PS Plus subscribers are down, uh, but PS Plus revenue is up. So there's that. Nice. Um, there are some very, there were some very strange commercials for God of War going around. <laughs> um, I, I, I didn't see them. I'm still off. upset with Square Ooh, and their symbiogenesis thing. Oh, the symbiogenesis! Is that on the docket? Is that one of the it, I mean, yeah, she brought it up, so it's fine. <laughs> let's let's right. talk I'm about sorry. it right now. That's no, 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 we can, I'm happy. We gotta get it out. Go. Um, I was so upset with that. You know, instead of investing in that, let's just, you know, bring an international consultant on board. You know, fix this thing up. <laughs> for so for 
for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, um, uh, Square Enix was teasing something called Symbiogenesis, I think it was called, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Genesis, And a lot of people thought it was a remake of Parasite Eve that they were teasing, and then yes, and they just came out that it was an NFT initiative that they were actually Ooh. pushing. Yeah, and now everybody thinks, why did y'all do this to us? <laughs> like, oh. why, why do you keep going so poorly? But... Why invest in the NFT when you can invest in some other things like that you clearly need to be investing in? It's almost as bad as GameStop laying off a bunch of people and then showing their NFT presentation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It is. <laughs> Isn't like Facebook like laying off like eleven thousand employees because they invested like fifteen billion dollars into like metaverse or something? Yep. Yep. We got to change Mark Zuckerberg's heart. So that was these. also on the docket. I should just let okay, him cool. host. No, like that's fine. And he's actually don't know Mark what else we're hosting. Look there. at Jarrell. Doesn't he look wonderful? <laughs> no, but yeah, that was also on the docket. Um, um. So yeah, any thoughts on that one? Or are we good? I love this. We're just breezing through. We, um, have to, we have to take up a lot of time because we got stuck on we, we got stuck in Valestia for a second, but you know but you know what was good about getting stuck in Valestia is because we were able to transition nicely into Paldea, kind of, which is gonna be a happier place. It is gonna be a happier place. <laughs> it is gonna be a happier place. Um, Nancy, I mean, can I mean, can, can a Pikachu skin a Charizard? Can Will a that... Pikachu? Can it wait? What? Can, can, can a, a Pikachu skin a Charizard? Are you saying we, can a Pikachu skin a Charizard? I brought this plushie to uh, work one day for Halloween and they were like, so you're telling me that Pikachu bought a Charizard and skinned? Oh my gosh. Okay, well, so if, for hold on, hold on. If, 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 you, if y'all wanted the answer to Chrissy's question, uh, tune in December 1st to December 4th well, Christy uses her Pikachu to fight the terror raid on Charizard, and we'll see yes. if it happens. <laughs> so for listeners, uh, Christy has an adorable Pikachu um, plush that has a Charizard hoodie. And so uh, the running joke is that Pikachu has skinned a Charizard. Um, but, you know, that's for that's for the adult version of this show. Where Which things we, don't really <laughs> we don't have yet. We don't have yet. Nancy Pelosi. She's on the docket today because her husband was attacked with a hammer. Um, and I hope. In October. It, what, oh my god, no, like he literally had to go to the hospital, like what? Like he almost died. <laughs> he almost died, it was like a horrible act. It was like a horrible, like, break a, Then he should have picked up the heart container, the fuck? Brandon. Brandon's this really old man got attacked with a hammer. Like, it, oh my god. Well, you know anyway. what? If, if Gabe had taught him how to play Smash Bros, he would have been okay. Why are you doing this? <laughs> like, Bro, oh hold the old but hold hold the L okay. button and pull up your shield. Anyway, the reason I brought this up is because the man behind the Pelosi hammer attacks was radicalized by GamerGate. But I don't want to talk about this anymore. Wait, wait, what? There's a yeah. You know what? We're not going to talk about this. Let's keep going because I don't want yeah. to know. I don't want to be the podcast that laughs at an old man for getting attacked by a hammer. We had to bring some levity to this. I feel sorry for him. I hope he has a speedy recovery. And uh, that... Has he been <laughs> discharged from the let hospital? Let me stop there. I was going to make another smash joke. Let me stop right there. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Marvel Has Game he been is... discharged from the hospital? I Do we know? know? I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, Marvel Games is thrilled to announce that a multi-title collaboration between Marvel and EA is coming to develop an action-adventure game for console and PC. Um, Each game will have its own original story set in the Marvel Universe. Uh, China's video game market has declined as 39 million youth gamers have stopped playing games because of the new strict rules in China. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, Nintendo no longer allows uncensored female breasts on its platform. Um, we also didn't get to talk about this, so we can talk about it now. Um, Xbox subsidizes the cost of Xbox Series X and S by $100 to $200 per console, Phil Spencer says. Microsoft aims to recoup that money with sales of accessories, games, and Game Pass subs. Basically, for every purchased Xbox, Microsoft has to pay between $100 and $200. Uh, it's costing them, rather, $100 to $200. So uh, these... these it's kind of the same conundrum that Sony was in with the PS3. Mm-hmm. And I are they even still, like, recouping costs? Or did they, like, finally break even after selling so many PS4s? I know I that they, they were still, like, recouping costs when they were selling the PS4s as well, too. Because the, they took such a large hit with the PS3. I think they're fine, but I I I don't want to be definitive and be wrong. Which reminds me, you're totally going to hate me, but I don't think Final Fantasy 16 is marketed for China, right? I don't know. Okay. Out of curiosity. Because it goes back to the diversity thing. Oh no, it's fun. You didn't do shit. Like <laughs> you, you didn't do anything. Because I'm trying not to divert the conversation back to Final <coughs> Fantasy 16 because I just had another train of thought. No, I know it's fine. But, you know, let's keep going. We're not going to. We're not going to touch that. <clears throat> um, we also talked about how Scranix said that the Japanese market is no longer sufficient for them to recoup investments and generate profits. Um, and uh, how do they botch this? You know, this marketing for 16. How did uh, they do this? <laughs> like, how? Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> the Witcher is returning for season four, and Henry Cavill will no longer be uh, the Witcher. He's passing the reins on to Liam Hemsworth. Um, there were reports saying that um, he had one condition for being a part of this show, and that was to uh, stick to the source material as much as possible. And there were reports saying that um, the show writers and some of the developers on the show were not doing that, and he was not comfortable with it, and so he stepped down. And there were also rumors that Liam Hemsworth was supposed to be the original Geralt of Rivia anyway. Um, So that's a thing. That happened. Also, okay, so it's a good thing I haven't even finished watching it. Cool. Season yeah, one. Yeah, I was like, why cool. would you get rid of the guy who's clearly, like, the hottest celeb who enjoys video games? Like, we know that he knows what he's talking about. Like, that was mm-hmm. the draw for a lot of people. Like, not only is he hot, so, like, everyone loves him, but also for people who don't care how hot he is, it's like, this guy has our backs because he knows the source material, he's really mm-hmm. into it. Why is, exactly. why would you not fight to keep this... It's Henry Cavill. Apparently there's been issues between he's been butting heads with the writers as well, too. And you're like, yeah. why are you getting rid of him? Anyways, moving on to the next story. Let's go, Jarrell. Wait, 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 wait. I have a quick question before we move on. Jarrell. I, no. No. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It needs me, Christy. <laughs> Jarrell, the We're question. We're choosing violence today. I, apparently so. Jarrell, the question I have is, has there any be, yeah. 
Has there been any kind of like television media, animated or otherwise, based on Warhammer? I don't know. I, I think so. Okay. Because I feel I, like there's like a movie or something. I f- Isn't I could... there like a movie or something? I think so. There might be. I oh, feel like there was a movie. Where I'm going with this is like if they do something live action Warhammer, be it a Netflix series or movie, like they Henry Cavill needs to be a part of it. Like if he's 100%. not, if he's not, they might as well just not even do it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent agree. Um, Brandon. Yes. Hey. Whoa. Me. That's um. Twenty twenty three. We're gonna see the return of some familiar faces as they celebrate thirty years of Power Rangers. Oh yes, yes. This story. Okay. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So previously, I think I talked about some of the podcast that um, David Yas, who played Billy in the original Mighty Morphin, and Walter Jones, who had played Zack on the original Mighty Morphin, uh, were going to be returning in some kind of special. And then they hit us with this picture that apparently they're not the only ones, that we're also going to be getting uh, Johnny Young Boss reprising his role as Adam, uh, Nakia Baris. No, I'm sorry, she's not coming back. Um, uh, shoot, the actress that, that uh, played Aisha is coming back. Um... And Catherine Sutherland, who's played Catherine, is coming back as well. And also, also, they have a new they have a new actress named Charlie Curse, who is apparently supposed to be playing the daughter Trini. For those who are unaware, unfortunately, the actress that played Trini of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers had passed away in two thousand one. She was in a, a car accident and did not uh, survive it. So obviously, for that for that for that tragic reason, she's never been able to come back in any kind of power or anything. So I guess this is kind of like the way of preserving her legacy in, in in another way. So yeah, no, a bunch of a bunch of the original. Oh, I'm sorry, I mentioned I forgot one. Steve Cardenas, who played a Rocky, one of the original Red Rangers, also coming back as well. Anyway, yeah, it seems like this is going from just like two of them to like a full on like Mighty Morphin crossover in um in 2023 to celebrate the series uh, 30th anniversary which every time i say that is like crazy that it's been around for 30 years but yeah no they are going all out they're bringing back a whole bunch of the original cast is going to be quite the spectacle um actually a few days ago i had watched the finale the finale of the recent season with my nephew and uh, i'm excited where the next season is going to go there's some cool stuff happening and <coughs> one last tidbit before we move on for those for those hardcore power ranger fans i just want to point out that both adam and i believe aisha we're wearing outfits that said SPD on them. If you know, you know. This is going to be some interesting stuff coming next season. Oh, no. <laughs> I love that you were like, if you know, you know. And I'm just like, uh, now I feel like I should know and I don't know. I know. Oh, I, I, I could try to explain it. but it That's was, fine. Yeah, I figured we should just move on. You're um, like, no. No, I'm, I'm like, it's, we have like 15 minutes left. Um, oh, we do? The, yeah, the D and D movie has been delayed by Paramount. Um, oh, really? We mentioned, yeah, we mentioned yeah. that uh, Final Fantasy sixteen is a PS five exclusive for six months. It's also coming to PC after that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what I came to the realization the other day is that barring, I mean, once sixteen eventually comes to PC, PC will be the one place in which you currently in which you can play all sixteen mainline Final Fantasy games. Which is kind of crazy. I guess PC is hard, low-key the uh, definitive place to play Final Fantasy. But anyway. Where's my Pixel Remaster Square? For my Nintendo Switch. There's an Indie World Showcase today. Did you guys get to watch it? I unfortunately did not. I was at work. Very busy day. <laughs> I have not had time. <laughs> uh, Alright. So I've been choosing Island to work today but, as but well. I will, but I will say... 
Um, Sports Story looks really good. I, I've always wanted to try Golf Story because I hear great things about it. It looks like a game that I enjoyed back when I was younger. But, you know, that's pretty much the only thing I got from Indie World that I think would be of interest to me. Oh, and Coffee Talk too. I enjoyed the first one. From the little How did you see this stuff but you didn't see the... Did you only see, like, portions of it? I didn't see any of the video, but I've seen, like, the tweets as they've been coming out. Ah, uh, okay. And so, so I just know that they're... I haven't even seen the trailers of said tweets. I've just seen seen that the announcements of, so... I see. Um, so Activision CEO Bobby Kotick donates $50,000 to a Republican who protested the 2020 election results and pursued draconic curbs to women's reproductive health and freedom. Draconic curbs. Is anybody surprised? Nah, not? Not I. This is, this is it's pretty on brand, honestly. Maintain what the, was, maintain, uh, maintain the heel persona. Continue. What was surprising, which I feel like nobody had on their bingo card, was uh, McDonald's revealing their gaming chair with a fry and sauce holder. Uh, no, you didn't uh, see. Uh, uh, oh, it took I, them I, so long. It I, says I, McCrispy. <laughs> it's called the McCrispy chair, and it says McCrispy across the chair. It's. Um, the ugliest chair I have ever seen. If I'm gonna, um, be, I'm gonna be honest. I'm surprised that like McDonald, like Christy said, what took them so long? Yeah, I'm also surprised that Wendy's and Arby's have also not gotten in on this with gaming chairs. I'm more surprised, you know, Wendy's did not get on board. Yeah, like I'm very surprised that they weren't the first company to release one, and it's McDonald's. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> ugly. Okay. Like the, the problem is the chair is ugly. Um, and just impractical. Um, well, I can't. We don't have a picture. Yeah, it's in the. It's in our news leech chat. Yeah, not a club chat. Okay. <laughs> our viewers don't have a picture or anything. I'm sorry. Um, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two has hit a record-breaking 800 million dollars in revenue in three days. Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two has hit a record revenue of eight hundred million dollars in two days. That's eight hundred million dollars in two days. That's good for them. That's definitely Call of Duty for you. But it also like isn't this like one of the biggest launches that it's had in like a long time? I believe so. And the reason that this is so significant, of course, as you guys already know, is because uh, Xbox is still Microsoft is still trying to acquire this company. What a time to, like, release a game that does $800 million in three days while you're trying to be like, no, that call it makes no money. It makes no money. We're losing money, guys. Phil Spencer Spencer is DMing people that bought the game and be like, yeah, now y'all buy this game? (laughs) Like, now everybody wants to buy the game. Um... Um, I did not see this. Um, I didn't wait for a sale or something. (laughs) I didn't see this, but uh, 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 Masahiro Sakurai had a video on why games cost nearly the same as they did a decade ago. Uh, Brandon, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? I actually watched that. My bad. Yeah, no. I'll I'll summarize it real quick. It's not too much to go over, but essentially... He's commenting on the fact that games cost a relatively the same amount of price today as they did back in the day. So he made the comparison that if you were to buy The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the Nintendo 64 in 1998 when it released, it would cost you $60. 
on if you had bought the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, that game doesn't go on sale. So yeah, even if you were buy it today, <laughs> it would still be it would be sixty dollars on your Nintendo Switch. So that's not that in itself is not surprising. But when you really think about it, is where it gets interesting because um, obviously the cost of the cost to make games has gone up significant. You know, whether or not you prefer Ocarina of Time or the Breath of the Wild is largely a matter of taste. What is not for up for debate is how much money it goes into making said games. And despite the fact that, of course, in the course of the 20 years that games have still continued to persist, that the cost of them keeps getting raised, they're still relatively the same price. It's only now, within this new generation with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series, and now we're starting to finally see a $10 raise for new games to be seventy dollars, and and that's really only on the PS Five. And again, exactly, yeah. it's really only on that. If you're buying, if you're still buying a game for Switch, PS Four, or Xbox One, they'll still be sixty dollars. Even the Series X, um, I've seen some Series X games still be sixty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think if if it's a game that was like more or less made for the one, but will look better on Series X, then yeah, it'll be about sixty. So there's that example as well. So I think that's I think so his 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 reasoning based on that information is that games are actually really cheap. It, when you put it in that perspective, obviously, if you're buying games on a daily basis, they don't feel cheap. That's for damn sure. But if you talk about them costing relative to how much they used to cost and how much they cost to make now, and that they're still around the same price at retail, it yeah, I mean, you can. It, it does also put a little bit of a unfortunate perspective in the why in the way that other games are now going with you know additional monetization with loot boxes and stuff like that because I guess those companies are starting to get the impression to the feeling that um you know maybe that $60 price tag isn't enough to cover the cost of this game maybe we should try to get a little more money out of it so we can really make a profit and whether you agree or disagree with it you understand the thought process when you look at it from this perspective of the fact that game prices just really have not increased at all in all this time yeah um yeah it sounds like uh yeah <laughs> actually yeah, yeah I just watch the video yeah i'm just gonna smile i was gonna say it sounds like a conversation we've had previously right like with kelly when we were talking about game prices and how they haven't changed and how she was saying that you know it's ridiculous that they haven't changed and we should be paying more um mm-hmm. um and, and i mean i completely understand it um, but on the su- on the subject of sakurai specifically Smash Brothers Ultimate, even before DLC, feels like that game should cost a hundred dollars for all of its content. Honestly, and the fact that it was still sixty like every other launch Switch game is is kind of incredible. Oh hey, look at my Final Fantasy fourteen tattoo that I wish I could remove now. Oh hey, look at this tattoo on my arm that says Final Fantasy in Japanese that I also wish I could remove right now. Forgot those were there. Wow. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna. I don't wish that I could remove them. I'm still salty, though. I am still salty. Oh, so I mean, you can I always come to where I am and to get them removed. It will take a few. Se- it will take several sessions, but you know, at least it will be removed. Oh, I don't regret it. I, I actually love the tattoos. Like, I love them. They're really, really nice. Shout out to Eddie, my tattoo artist. Um, Eddie is wonderful. Eddie is great. Go visit Eddie for your, all your tattoo purposes. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And you can follow him on Twitter at Walflesworth. You sure? I mean, can. oh, sorry, Instagram, Wafflesworth. Also Twitter. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know. And Facebook. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna just link them in this this uh, episode. Um, so <laughs> let's end this. We got ten minutes. Let's end this talking about Pokemon because we started Yay! talking about Pokemon. Look at the Pikachu. Um, oh, go. 
I have one, but I'm waiting until next week to reveal mine. Oh my god, that's so cute! I had a little snowman Pikachu nail. So. I have a Pokemon plush, but I'm going to wait until next week to reveal my Pokemon plush. I have another Pikachu plush, so we're all set. We're all good <laughs> here, guys. So, since the time that we last had a podcast, um, there's been a lot of information on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which the next podcast we have will be two days away from its release. I'm sure you can tell from listening. Um, Gabe had to step away for any listeners, but um, I'm sure you can tell from listening that the rest of us are very, very excited for um, Scarlet and Violet. And uh, there has been uh, a lot of people got out to um, uh, Pokemon headquarters in their respective areas to be able to play the game for an hour. They've shared their experiences. Have you guys seen any of those experiences? Or I have not. I'm I... trying to go in blind for the most part. Although I've seen some of the Pokemon leaks and now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ignore everything and just go in blind and hope for the best. I feel like listening to the experience of someone playing for an hour is way less invasive than seeing leaks. I'm so I sorry, Christy. I saw, I saw two Pokemon leaks, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to see watch anything else and just, you know, go in blind. So sorry. But, but apparently, but you know what? All I can say is, like, look at the Pikachu. <laughs> they have a cute little sprats of, like, Pikachu. I want them all. <laughs> you, sound, you sound a little like, like, a, like a hoarder there. I want them all. All the Pikachus. She's going to leave now. Becoming... You're mean to me. No, you're becoming Team Rocket. Christy is that episode of the anime where the, there was the Pokemon Can't Center full of the mean. Pikachu. I'm just trying to leave. Christy is the nurse joy that has oh, all the no. Pikachu. Or, 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 or that, that, the Sun and Moon episode with that Pikachu fanatic girl that says Pika in like every sentence. I d- I'm sorry, no, Christy, I don't mean to be mean. I think it's great. Like, collect all the Pikachu's. Like, oh, like, I guess I can take out wonderful. this little ear. Oh. Aww. It can be like a little hoodie for real. Darrell, to answer your, to answer your question <laughs> that you had posed, um, <clears throat> the only... I've only seen two previews of, um, of based on impressions of Scarlet and Violet, and that was uh, our former guest, uh, Wesley LeBlanc, on Game Informer, I saw his impressions on it. I was very happy to hear his wonderful voice and talking informatively about the Pokemon game. It had me very excited, I will say. Yeah, to New York and uh, got to play Pokemon for um, an hour early. Um, and he has a wonderful write-up and a wonderful video, so if you haven't checked it out, definitely go over to uh, Game Informer's YouTube to check that out. Shout out to Wesley. Um, I've, I've consumed every non-leak piece of information that Let's I can go, <laughs> about this game. Um, and uh, do you guys have any questions about the game, actually? That I might be... Is there a new, is there a new Pikachu evolution? Do oh, not I don't answer know. that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know any... Uh, okay, so to, to be fair, I only know what was told <laughs> on their... Uh, uh, like, I, I watched a lot of these videos just in case. I only know, like, people's one-hour experience. As far as leaks go, I don't know anything. Um, I I know that there are leaks out there. I know the entire game has leaked. Uh, at this point, not only has the entire game leaked, obviously that also means that um, we've seen all the evolutions for all the starters. And I have not seen any of these. I have seen maybe... I've accidentally seen like 
three or four leaked Pokemon, which I'm not very happy about because I'm really, really trying to go in bl as blind as I can as far as like Pokemon and experience uh, experiences go. Um, however, I do. Uh, I'm very, very excited for this title. Uh, no questions at all about anything for for Scarlet and Violet that you I know, might be. Can we get the game early so we can no. play it? No. As a matter of fact, a lot of outlets are not getting the game early because of spoilers. But like, yeah. but it doesn't matter because what always happens is Pokemon is like, we don't want to give the game out early because we don't want anybody to leak it. And then they give it to like five people and one of those five people leaks it and then the game's out uh, leaked everywhere. And then all reviews come out super late because everyone else gets it like last minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very this is what usually happens. So I do have a question, but it's actually for Christy. Because she asked that question what? about the Pikachu evolution. Um, Christy, do you want Gorochu to be real? Huh? Do you know what Gorochu Who's is? Who's Gorochu? Oh, wow. Some you, type don't, of Pikachu, you, you, know? you don't know that. Oh, okay. I mean, it's clearly some type of Pikachu. Uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll make it real quick. Basically, in the beta images of Pokemon, there's like a lot more of the original generation. And one such... Uh, leaked Pokemon, I mean, not leaked, but beta Pokemon that didn't make it the final game, was an evolution of Raichu called Gorochu, which is like an even tougher looking version of Raichu, essentially. Um, oh, I it, see it. It's, it, it's... It, it, was, it was hinted in like dialogue in red and blue that got changed in later versions, but yeah, that apparently Raichu was supposed to have a third evolution. But I guess that answers my question. If you didn't even hear about Gorochu, then I guess not. It would work really well, actually, as they're like, it um, would. for uh, Arceus, right? Like an ancient mm -hmm. version of, of Raichu. I think it would Clearly, like, they missed their chance, really well. though. Well, Who well, knows? Well, the, the thing is, it would be it would be unprecedented only because we've never had a Pokemon that had four evolution forms, barring something like Gigantamax or Mega Evolution, because there's already Pichu, Pikachu, and Raichu, so that's already three stages. It's not unprecedented when it's the mascot. Maybe we'll it, see it, him in the Detective It still Pikachu hasn't been done, therefore. Maybe. <laughs> in the, you know, the also, Detective Pikachu thing. Or it could be an alternate evolution instead of Raichu become Gorochu. That's a that's yeah. a that's a workaround. Or it could just be the fourth evolution. Why can't that, exactly? That, I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying it would be unprecedented because no other Pokemon has done that before. Had four stages. Fair. The training yeah, card game would go crazy. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I guess it doesn't, I guess Eevee's forms are, well, technically Eevee's forms are evolutions, but they don't count because they're not, like, sequential. Correct. That's, yeah. that's, all, that's all I mean. So, you guys think we're getting a new Eevee form? I, I'm, I'm feeling it. I think I think the Eevee tarot, tarot raids might be hinting at that. I would love it if there was Really? I, I read somewhere that, like, we're not getting another Eevee, and that's why they're giving us terastalizing because you can just change it to whatever, like, element you catch, because that, we're not getting one. That is a fair counter, but however... And this is based... And this is based on nothing. This is just a hope, because... <laughs> yeah, of course. Because, because quite frankly... We haven't got a new Eevee form since Sylveon in 2013. I think we're due for one. I would like a nice We're due Eevee. for one, but I mean, if we were to get one, I feel like they would totally, you know, gear all marketing towards that because wasn't that um, the marketing for yeah, X they, and Y? Yeah, they was did. That, it was Sylveon, and everybody's like, look, look, Sylveon, guys, so, and you see Sylveon everywhere. Yeah, I, I, that that's true. However, one counterpoint. Sylveon even that... has like one of the most plushes, and also the cutest plushes. And I'm so sad I didn't get one. 
Sylveon is adorable. My only counterpoint to that though is you're right. <laughs> you're, is is you're right. Sylveon did get marketed like crazy because it was the new EV evolution. Um, but we are at an age now where Pokemon Company is being a little more careful about what they revealed and not trying to reveal anything like major. And my biggest evidence to that is um, Berserker because Meowth is like one of the most well-known Pokemon. We didn't even get revealed that there was a Galarian Meowth in the game, nor that it had an all new evolution, which I think is crazy that they just let people find that. But out. you're talking about Don't a Meowth. Not at all. This yeah, is like, an Eevee. Yeah. An Eevee. Yeah. Who is like oh is like legit the secondary mascot to the yeah. Pokemon company? Now, now it is, but Meowth has been like in the anime since basically the beginning. It's a pretty yeah, important. But everyone like, knows how who know Meowth that. is, but but do you hear kids talk about Meowth like Pikachu or Eevee? A lot of kids are like, look at the Eevee, or like Charmian. I don't know. I don't know, Christy. Cause Meowth is in a lot of those episodes of the anime. I feel like he does get talked about a lot. There what was Charizard. Are you saying Charizard doesn't get talked a lot about either? Oh, Charizard gets talked about a whole bunch, but Charizard it's not getting a new form. It's getting just a terrorist type for this one. And now I can talk shit about Charizard getting talked about too much because Gabe isn't here. Yeah. Uh, but I won't because I do have one question for you guys before we leave. Although I will say uh, a little bit to, Brand to Brandon's point, there was um, something hinting in the anime because uh, uh, the current anime, they had a lot oh, of like, yes. it was very Eevee centric. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were like experimenting, I think, and the Eevee wouldn't evolve. Um, yeah, there's um, yeah, the girls Eevee, Eevee wouldn't yes. evolve and whatnot. And there's been a lot of hints and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that. I feel like that the Pokemon Company they know that a new Eevee evolution would sell the game. So that's what I feel like. It will help with sales. But granted, I think that maybe now after, you know, Sword and Shield, they feel like that they don't need to do that of marketing. This so is, who oh, knows? That, that's also something else I was going to bring up, which is that this game is uh, on track to be one of the highest selling Switch games ever yeah. so far, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, like it, it, previously, that was uh, Splatoon 3, mm -hmm. I believe, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, Scarlet and Violet is on track to surpass Splatoon 3, um, a a a including in Japan. You know, it's just much easier. Uh, you know, people, it's so interesting because uh, I, we don't, I wish we had time to talk about this, but people's lifestyles are, like, our lifestyles are changing so much that Switch and Steam Deck are, are much more go-tos for video games than, you know, standard sit-at-home consoles because we're oh, yeah. always on the go. Um, and we can talk about That's that That's the reason forever. why I want to get a Steam Deck. I th I really thought you had ordered it by now, um, but I mean, we can talk about that was last time. So but you know. Instead, to end this podcast, I do have one question for you guys, mm -hmm. and it is pertaining to Pokemon, um, since next week our our podcast will be two days before the reveal. What is the best starter type? Pokemon. No, that is not the question. Oh, That'll be for next we week. Where, where I thought this was where we were leading into that there's this flat fest going on pretty soon where it's like they're asking, you know, what is the best starter type? No, that would have been perfect. And I suck because that was not my plan, but that would have been perfect. Um, you know, we can always go with that, too. At the end. Let's go. Okay, uh, so the first question then is which reveal, um, which 
type of Pokemon reveal have you guys enjoyed the most for um, this generation? Like we had Iono's trailer, which was a parody on. Uh, I love Iono. Uh, Iono has been my favorite, to be honest. Streamers. We had um, the 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 gar- uh, the dog that killed the trainer in the <laughs> in the video. Um, what else did we have? How else have they done it? We've had. Oh, we recently just had uh, Gimme Ghoul. Uh, Gimme yeah. Ghoul in the mm-hmm. uh, countdown with the chest on the website, and we were trying to figure that out. Um, I, I'm sure there are more. Uh, oh, yeah. We've had like, regular regular reveal trailers that are just 30 seconds of, hey, this is the new Pokemon. Um, we've had offshoots of uh, just uploads. Literally, Wiglet was just uploaded. And they're like, hey, this is a new Pokemon. Um, oh, look, Gabe is in here about Wiglet. He's not here. Which has been your favorite uh, Pokemon reveal? Like, type. Oh, I... I uh, the Wiglet I... one has, like, generated a ton of memes on twitter sure but it's not my favorite yeah i, I really s- like iono's and especially with the fact that you know there was two separate videos just for iono yeah. where the first one is like she's hinting at it she's hinting at it and then after the second one she's like ha i knew i should have done this exactly like the streamer and like of course all the pokemon streamers they're like we hate her and you're no. like, it's so crazy. I love her for doing that. I was like, wow, she's doing such a great job at like imitating what these streamers do. Like the clickbait exactly. is ridiculous. And then it gets done to them and they're like, why did we wake up to watch her just for her to not reveal anything? And I was like, come on, this harkens back to the like, who's that Pokemon? Guess that Pokemon thing. Like that was so cool. That was probably my personal favorite. Who's that Pokemon? Is it Jigglypuff seen from above? <laughs> Jigglypuff seen from above is so great. Oh no, Jarrell, we can't hear you. Joker muted you. Or yeah. Joker, how dare you? It's actually a chancy. I showed you guys, right? Like it's literally just the same outline as a chancy, but with two little eyes. Like same face and everything. I'm gonna show you. But Brandon, what's your favorite? No, I was gonna agree that I love when they do like different kind of reveals than the normal. I think the Gimme Ghoul one was kinda Gimme Ghouls was kinda it's not my favorite, but I will say it's really cool because yeah, I thought so too. It, it, it appeared in Go, and it wasn't even announced. They did the same thing with Meltan. Like, Meltan mm-hmm. appeared in the game, and people thought it was a mistake. And it was like, no, no, no. The video that came out the next day was like, oh, wow, trainers are starting to see this Pokemon everywhere. What is it? No, they planned it. And they did the same thing with Gimme Ghoul. They just put it on Go, no announcement. And then the next day, they had the trailer that said, wow, people are seeing this weird Pokemon grabbing, they're stealing their money. I'm like, what is this? So yeah. I, so I thought, no, I, I thought it, it's very cool. And I'm surprised that there are still people that think that, oh, man, they leaked it. I'm like, they released trailers like, no, dude, they did this already, and they're doing it again. But my favorite, but my personal favorite, though, is I do like the reveals. Like, <laughs> as sad as it is for the people that are doing those videos, like the the uh, Grievart video and the Hisuian Zoro video, that they just die, I do think it's kind of funny that they're out on, like, this nature tour, the nature tour and that they find the Pokemon organically that way. It's it's fun. It makes the world feel real. And then you're you're watching the video, yeah. seeing familiar Pokemon at first, and then building up to the reveal of the new one at the very end. I think is very cool. So I love those. I love those a lot. I think with the uh, Gimme Ghoul, uh, super cool, especially because they really integrated. Like you, when you started, I was telling you, like when you when you 
flicked Pokestops, you got coins from it. And it was like an entire like event in Pokemon Go that led up to the reveal of this Pokemon in uh, uh, Scarlet and Violet, which I thought was super, super cool. Iono is still my personal favorite, but I also do love the videos. The only thing I hated about Iono's and the videos is that they're voice acted and we are not getting voice acting. Correct! Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't know what you said, Brandon. But, no, I said, uh, I said correct. Like, why are we... Oh, why? I, it, <laughs> I didn't hear you. That was so strange. Like, I saw your mouth move, but heard no And sound. I didn't hear you either. Like, it was like... And I was like... What? <laughs> You're like, what? Well, that's odd. Well, I, I, but, I'm, I, but I do want to mention that, though. Like, I think... Po- look, look to, if we're being real, Pokemon should absolutely have full voice acting. But as I will accept... I will accept random NPC 2 or 3 or 5 not having voice acting, but them having voice acting for, like, the main scenes, like, when you're challenging a gym leader. I will accept that, because that's at least better than what we have now. But we're getting... We do need some voice acting. I, we're, we're starting to get to that point. I still think about that scene with Piers from Sword and Shield a lot, where he's singing and there's just nothing coming and out. there's nothing there. Yeah, and, and I understand why they don't do, like, the voice acting. I'm pretty sure they said before why they don't do it, and I, I understand yeah. the decision. Oh, my which God. Is... I just thought of this now. Freaking Roxy in Black and White 2 sung, like, it was actual lyrics. Like, you could hear, like, ba- oh, the song is nothing special. Oh, she's just literally spelling the name of coughing. But it's still lyrics. So, anyway. For anyone that just watched me, uh, my cat got hair in my teeth. So that's what I was doing. Oh. Not weird. I was not looking cool, Joker. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> I realized that I did that on camera and I was like, oh, no. I look <laughs> really, really weird. Um... Yeah, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm pretty sure the reason that they said they can't do it is because the Pokemon have, and, and there are TikToks that you can go see this, Pokemon have different names in different languages, and therefore they would have to, like, specifically do, um, instead of just referring to the Pokemon, they would have to do, like, tons of different um, voiceovers and, like, tons of different languages and each pokemon would have a different name and it, it would just be a lot to work with so that's why they don't do it um i'm pretty sure that was the reason mm-hmm. finally um because we're over time i'll just ask you quickly splatoon 3 excuse me is having its first uh first pokemon centric choose your starter Splatfest this weekend, um, which you can probably see some of us playing in at hpcritical.com, uh, twitch.tv slash hpcritical. Um, and, of course, that is the question of which starter is best, that is, uh, uh, starter type, rather. Is it grass, fire, or water? So, final question of this po- podcast, which are you guys choosing? Which starter type is the best, grass, fire, or water? Electric. I knew you were gonna do this. I knew. I knew. As soon as you said let's do it at the end, I was like, she's just gonna say electric and pick Pikachu. Like, why is she? Why? Why? Okay. If what you could, gonna, what, are gonna, what, are gonna, what are we gonna do with grass her? Grass would be the best one. Okay, grass. Fair. Grass, because if you think about Gen One, if you take pick a grass type, you go into Brock's gym, which is you know what ground rock, and then after that, Misty is is water. So then you knock out two gems right there. And technically, I will always say that, you know, grass is the best starter. Sorry. Hey, that's fine. Charmander. I, I will choose a fire starter and defeat a Viola in the first gym in uh, Y version. So, you know. Well, guys, I'm obviously going to go grass as well. Um, they're just so cute. Um, some grass and fire. Honestly, I, I can't choose. If I had to choose, I would do grass just because Brigatito is coming out. For a sword and shield, I mean Scarlet and Violet, and I'm super, can super we, excited. Can we just talk about how all three of the starters this generation are adorable? 
I have been. Yes, they uh, are adorable. Way Coco has grown on me. He so has yes. also grown on me. He's not my favorite, but he has also grown on me. Um, I will. I can't say anymore. I was at. I was at work, and I was trying to get my coworkers to explain to me, like very vaguely, whether I would like the Pokemon evolutions of the starters or not. It didn't work. Um, as I'm sure you can imagine, I was like, would I think this one's cute? And I didn't really get a full answer. Although it does sound like I'm gonna be a bit disappointed. So we'll see! We'll see! Um, but yeah, I'm super, super excited! And with that, let's, let's say goodbye, because it's, it's, uh, we're ten minutes over. Um, goodnight everybody, bye! <laughs>